Welcome to the Live to 110 podcast. My name is Wendy Myers, and you can see this video podcast on my YouTube channel at Wendy Live to 110. And today we have a very uh, important show. We're going to be talking about alternatives to mammogram, um, alternatives to detecting breast cancer, uh, notably sure touch exams and thermography. Um, it's very important for women to, uh, at earlier and earlier ages, to attempt to detect breast cancer. And unfortunately, mammograms expose you to radiation, and radiation causes breast cancer. I personally will never get a mammogram for this reason, and I feel if women do a mammogram every year or every other year, um, over a span of 20 years, that exposes them to a significant amount of radiation that could, in fact, cause breast cancer. So I think that's something that for you listeners out there that you should probably want to avoid. But we still need a reliable uh, test to be able to detect breast cancer. And that's what we'll be talking about today on the show. But first, we have to do this, the disclaimer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Live to 110 podcast is solely informational and uh, is for your entertainment pleasure. And please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatment that we suggest on the show. And I have a couple of announcements. Um, I just put Mineral Power Level 1 on the website on LiveTo110.com. As uh, you regular listeners may know, Mineral Power is my program that begins with a hair mineral analysis. And you can get a custom diet supplementation program and detox and lifestyle recommendations. It's a holistic program to heal your health and reverse disease. Um, but many people don't have the funds or they don't have time to do a, a as exhaustive detox program like Mineral Power. That's level two. So now I've created Mineral Power Level One that's only $99. So you can get started uh, mineralizing your body, get started on the exact supplements that your body needs, the highest quality and the highest, uh, the best forms of supplements um, that I have, uh, I have found. I've spent many, many years researching supplements. So I wanted to offer uh, a less intense program to you listeners and to my clients. So that's Mineral Power Level One. Go check it out on LiveTo110.com. And I'm also thrilled to announce I'm going to be a speaker at Dave Asprey's Biohackers Conference. Uh, that's happening September 26 to 28 on, uh, in Pasadena in Los Angeles. And uh, my printer seems to want to print. <laughs> uh, but uh, So definitely go check me out on that. I'm going to be talking about infrared saunas and how to detox 100,000 chemicals. And um, I'm very uh, pleased to be amongst that company of Dave Asprey and JJ Virgin and Donna Gates and uh, Abel James and all these uh, amazing other um, health experts are going to be speaking at the conference. So for today's show, we're going to be inter interviewing Janice Salmon. Uh, she created OC Breast Wellness as a model for a multimodal approach to early detection of breast cancer. And she employs the SureTouch digital palpitation imaging and breast thermography. I've actually, I've had two breast thermographies myself and um, very, very happy. I got a clean bill of health. So I'm very, very, very familiar with that exam. Um, but I'm really excited to learn more about SureTouch. And these state-of-the-art life-saving technologies, uh, she feels, will be the key to peace of mind and empowerment of women for all ages in preventing this deadly disease. So Janice, thanks so much for being on the show. You're welcome, Wendy. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, how you became so interested in alternatives to mammogram? 
Well, it started about five years ago when I myself had a mammogram, like I was told to every single year. And I have implants. And when I left the mammography uh, exam that day, I was in terrible pain. I mean, we it is a painful exam, but this time it was way much, much different than any other time. And it took me about four months to get an MRI out of my doctor, only to find out that both of the implants had been uh, ruptured oh, during wow. and it was you know they, the healthcare system is happy to take them out but they don't clean you up or replace you so it cost me a lot of money to put myself back together and at that point I said I am never having a mammogram that's a that, problem for a lot of women a lot of women have breast implants today that's a big concern 17 years old so I don't think they were at the point that they would have ruptured on their own but with the pressure of those two plates of glass and being smashed between them, it uh, it couldn't take it anymore. And it's painful for women who don't have implants as well. It's painful, yes, either way around. So I had to find something else. And in 2007, I found breast thermography, just like you said. And I opened a company called OC Breast Thermography at the time. And we were doing thermograms for women. Yeah, and so uh, so you do the shirt touch exams and thermography. Can you explain a little bit about uh, these types of exams? Oh, absolutely. They're quite different. So the breast thermogram is physiological. It's going to tell you the temperature of the breast tissue. And I had been telling women, you know, from 2007 until I found shirt touch that, you know, breast thermography was going to find out or detect cancer early. But really, you could have a lot of reasons to have high temperature readings in the breast. Um, angiogenesis, which is the, uh, the, the growth of new blood vessels around the tumor, is really what you're looking for. But you could have high temperature readings because it's your signature, it's a hormone issue, you have an infection. I couldn't really tell my patients, do you have a tumor? Do you have a lump? You know, what does it look like? Is it dangerous? So then in 2012, I found SureTouch. And this is, a physio- this is actually a, a physiological test. So, so we're mapping the breast tissue. We're actually looking for lumps of all different kinds, uh, fibroid adenomas, glandular lumps, all different kinds of lumps. And now I could tell the patient, okay, you have a lump. It's not dangerous or it is dangerous. Yeah, and so so you're finding that the thermography was not quite as accurate. I mean, and but people, women have to do a series of them, correct? They have to do a series so we can kind of look that there's a consistent pattern. Of right, right, absolutely. You have to do a series. You get, you get a baseline so you know what your real temperature reading is, and then you watch it and see if it increases or not. I found that women, and it's expensive because it's not covered under insurance, you know, you're paying somewhere between $235 and $275 for a breast exam. And then to say, okay, that's my first one, now I've got to have another one three months later, you're talking about five or $600, and not all women want to pay that money. Yeah. So the SureTouch exam is only $150, and it doesn't need a follow-up exam, except if we do find a lump. Okay. Yeah, so let's talk about a little bit about mammograms and what some of the problems with that. Like, why why would you not want to get a mammogram? And we talked about a little bit about like let's uh, go in a little bit about the radiation and some of the other problems and and why those are the only uh, services that are offered at most doctors' right. offices and hospitals. Right. I um I tell people there's 
four basic reasons or limitations to the mammogram. First of all, it can only get the tissue that's hanging off the body. So we're missing the upper outer quadrants of the breast tissue where 54% of all breast cancer exists. Hello. So, oh my gosh, right? So that's number one. Number two, of course, it has false positives and false negatives. The false negative meaning it would have missed this tissue, okay? And then you go home and you're in the shower and you went, uh-oh, I feel a lump. The false positives meaning it can see masses, but it doesn't know what they are. So it sends many women to the second test, an MRI, an ultrasound, or a biopsy. And 84% of all biopsies coming from mammograms are negative. And that's very traumatic, very, very emotionally and physically traumatic. Right, right. And scarring. I've mm. seen some really, really hacked jobs. Yeah. And third, of course, is the radiation. For each mammogram film, you're getting 20 sieverts of ionizing radiation or 20 chest x-rays worth of ionizing radiation. And most of us have four on each side or three on each side. So that's 120 chest x-rays worth of radiation funneled through a little tube and shot into the side of your breast, not 17 by 17 like a normal chest x-ray. Yeah. And then, of course, implants and dense breast tissue. I mean, mammograms, women have been told now here in California as of last year that if you have dense tissue, your mammogram imaging center has got to tell you and put it in writing. And therefore, you do not have to have a mammogram going forward because mammograms cannot see through dense breast tissue mm. or through implants. They try to push that implant out of the way. They move it in all different directions, but they're really not, they can't see through it. I'm sure that's a vast majority of women, too, that have some dense breast tissue in their breast. Right. It, it's more than I, I would have expected, especially younger women. But of course, younger women don't have mammograms. But still, between the ages of 40 and 50, your breast tissue before you get into menopause is very, very dense and very, very thick. And it really sucks up that radiation kind of like a new sponge. And then once you get into menopause, your breast tissue kind of thins out a little bit. So it's not as dangerous, but still even our own government in the U.S. Preventative Task Force decision in 2011 said women should not have a mammogram before menopause. And then after it should be every two years. Yeah, and that's, it's insane that this is the test that's yeah. supposed to detect cancer, but it causes cancer, and there's precautions uh, by the government uh, against it. There's uh, precautions. Right. Yeah, and so and it not only is one breast exam exposing you to lots of radiation, you couple that with uh, they're told every year or every every other year to get mammograms correct, and then starting at 40, age 40, and then every year till what, 70, 80 I mean, right, I think it's 74, but now the insurance companies are starting to lower that down. Um, you know, and it's going to be less and less, you know, where they'll cover it. Yeah. So they're just trying to get women like through their 60s because that is the prime time for breast cancer, probably because we've been getting radiated for yeah. 20 years and the environment we're living in. And, you know, yeah. I mean, there's so many things involved in that. And so, how often should a woman get a breast exam? I say that they should have one every year if their tissue is clear. So what we're doing is we're measuring the elasticity of the tissue against the surrounding tissue as the exam is being taken place with SureTouch. So we're gonna see any kind of abnormality, anything. So if the tissue is identical throughout, then once a year is perfect. And they could start at age 20, because this is non-invasive, so it doesn't matter. It's, it, 
breast cancer doesn't wake over 40 or 50 no, years. No, and that's the reality today. We live in a very toxic environment. That's what I do. I have a detox program called Mineral Power. And women at younger and younger ages are extremely toxic. They have a, you know, really a lot of heavy metal toxicities and illness um, that shows in their hair mineral analysis. And so I think it's prudent for women uh, beginning in their 20s to start getting breast exams. Right. And no one talks, they're on birth control. So, you know, 80% of all breast cancers are estrogen positive. So we really, and here they're getting extra estrogens in their, not only in their environment, but in birth control pills. I mean, it's just so prevalent over all these years now, almost everybody's taking some kind of uh, birth control pill or some kind of hormone therapy. So we're getting way too much estrogen and we need to, we need to keep track of that. So let's talk about SureTouch. Uh, what is that exam like? And um, just tell us a little bit about it. So it's a little like a ultrasound because it's a handheld device. And in that device, there's 192 pressure sensors, like the same kind of pressure sensors you would use if a robot in a robot's fingers. So they were going to pick up a glass right away. They go to the glass and they say, okay, I feel how dense the glass is. So I know how much pressure to use to pick it up. The same idea is used in these pressure sensors that are now touching the breast tissue. It says, oh, I can feel the breast tissue. Okay, now I feel what it feels like, and now I'm gonna calculate as that ultrasound kind of probe moves over the tissue. These are algorithms are calculating internally saying, okay, I got it, the idea of what um, the tissue feels like. Let me, as soon as I feel something different, then I'm going to show it on the computer screen to the patient. So the patient's watching this exam the whole time. There's no um, need for a radiologist or anyone to read the results. You're watching your own breast tissue. Tactile technology is is different. We've not used tactile technology in any exam like this before. When you take your pulse, you're applying a small amount of pressure to your vein, and then the vein is applying pressure back, and that's how you feel your pulse. So we're using that same technology to apply a half a kilogram of pressure to the breast tissue. And then anything inside is going to apply a pressure back. And then we just display it on a computer screen. Okay. Yeah. And so um, so exactly uh, how early can a SureTouch detect uh, a, a tumor over mammogrammy? Well, we're FDA cleared to five millimeters. So five millimeters is like the end of your pen. That's pretty small. The mammogram, uh, I have not seen any documentation to say that it can find anything smaller than 10 milligrams, but it can find calcifications. So calcifications are like little pieces of bone, like they're small, like uh, like grains of salt, but they're really calcified and hard. And that's what an x-ray is for. So it can find calcifications. We can't locate those because they're too small, yeah. but anything from five millimeters or higher we've got it. But that, the, cal- the calcifications are fibrocystic breasts, the, the fibrocystic tissue? Well, fibrocystic cyst? tissue is um, is not a calcification. Okay. The fibrocystic tissue is just hardened glandular tissue. Okay. And we get that when we are low on iodine, we drink too much coffee, um, sometimes it's hereditary. And fibrocystic tissue can change during the month. Like breast tissue will change every day. If I had a patient come in with fibrocystic tissue like every day, you would see these lumps going up and down and up and down. That way they know cancer doesn't grow one day and you know, like go, go up and down in size or in density. So women are then going, 
you know, feel more confident that, okay, that's just the way my tissue is. And they might go on some breast supplements or stop drinking coffee for a couple of days or come at a different time of their cycle. Our cycle is really important. One of the things mammography never told us or the doctors never told us was don't have a mammogram on day 28. I mean, the chances of finding a lump on day 28 are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're all lumpy and kind of, we always should have our breast exam between day six and 13. Okay. That's very good advice. Very mm-hmm. sage oh, advice. Right. <laughs> right. It, they always want you to just schedule, schedule, schedule. But the first thing we ask at, at OC Breast Wellness is, so are you still having a cycle? And where are you in your cycle? Because I don't want you to come on a day where, you know, I'm just going to make, I'm going to have to have you come back. Yeah. And so... Uh, so are the calcifications, do those cause any health issues in the breast? Uh, they say only about 20% of calcifications actually grow. And then of those ones that grow, only about 20% of those would ever, you know, be dangerous. Okay. So yeah. it's it's small, yet they scare us about calcifications. Oh, my God, you have calcifications. You have to come back, like, every month, you know, and have a mammogram. I'm like, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> And so what about fibrocystic breasts? I know fibrocystic breasts is, uh, they have the potential to turn into breast cancer. What exactly are those? Or what is that kind of tissue? I don't think they have a tendency to turn into breast cancer. That's not a risk factor. Fibrocystic breast tissue tissue is a disease. I mean, they do call that a disease. It's something we should not have those lumps and bumps in our our breast. And if we had the right amount of supplement minerals in in our body we would those would go away i've oh, seen it myself yeah so you know people just have to keep track of their you know their their iodine levels especially yeah. because of course you know that it's stored in the breast tissue and in the thyroid and if you don't have enough the thyroid's going to take it yeah so then the breast tissue doesn't get enough and iodine is good for us anyway it keeps the cells dying and breast tissue cells multiply and divide faster than most of the other cells in your body. So that's why we get breast cancer and not you know, another kind of cancer. We want to keep those cells dividing. We want to keep them dividing and dying, dividing and dying. So we've yeah. got to keep our iodine levels up. Okay. Yeah, I take kelp for that. I uh, take six yeah. uh, capsules of kelp every day to get my iodine needs. And uh, when I had uh, my breast thermography exam, they actually found a little bit of fibrocystic tissue in my right breast. And so I'm hoping that I'm on my mineral power program. I hope that that'll go away eventually. (laughs) It will go away. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know why I had read, I don't know why I had read, but somewhere it was in my mind that the fibrocystic breast was a precursor to breast tissue. It was probably read some, something erroneous on the internet, like everyone's doing. (laughs) You never know what to believe. Yeah. And research and research all the time. Right. Yeah. Okay, and so um, what about thermography? Um, so, do you use these together? Do you um, have? Do you prefer the Sure Touch over the thermography? Well, we do use them together, and I would say about twenty percent of all patients have both exams. They just want to know, and no one exam is perfect. So, the combination of as many exams as you know, two or three exams, is not a big deal. I mean, at least then you really know what your breast tissue is like. I mean, we know a lot of things, but we don't know about our breast tissue. So, you know, I like to do them together. If a patient says, well, you know, I really can't afford to do them both. I say, look, have a sure touch exam. If you have a lump and it looks dangerous. And when I when I say dangerous, cancer has a characteristic. One, it's hard as a walnut. And second, it's irregular in shape because the cells have kind of just stuck to each other. 
and it didn't make any kind of nice, smooth, glandular tissue. So if it has those characteristics, then let's have a thermogram. And let's see if there's heat in that area, if there's blood vessels feeding something in that area. So then I like to use that as a, as a backup. Okay. Yeah, and so unfortunately, so neither of these tests are covered by insurance. Um, what, are they, what do you charge at your clinic for them? At our clinic, uh, the breast thermography is $250, and the SureTouch breast exam is $150. Oh, that's not bad. $150 is not, that's not bad at all. No, it's not bad at all. It's usually in somebody's deductible, even if they do have insurance. Okay, that's great. Yeah, I'm uh, definitely going to be coming to make an appointment soon, because <laughs> I'm due for my, my, uh, my exam. Now, we have four locations. I don't know where you live, Wendy, but we have four locations in Southern California. I, I'm in the Orange County area, and we have a Pasadena Breast Wellness, and we have Malibu Breast Wellness. I'm in Malibu. Perfect. There you go. And then and we have uh, Beverly Hills Breast Wellness. Okay, great. Yeah, I've got lots of breast wellness all over Southern California. <laughs> lots of healthy breasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, um, so who interprets the tests? I know with thermography, uh, a, a medical doctor interprets the tests, and you said that sure touch that that's not needed, or who, who interprets that? Right. So our nurses are certified to read these exams. Tactile imaging is pretty simple. Uh, it, it's, you'll see what the lump looks like. You can see the density in, in a color range. So if the density is hard, like red or burgundy, then you know then you know it's more dangerous than if the, if the colors were blue or, or uh, green. And you can see the irregular shape. So the girls are um, the nurses are CBE certified and certified to read these tactile exams. And the patient, you know, we train the patient first we should, before, you know, it only takes about 10 minutes on each side to do the exam, but we give the patient a half an hour because we want to show them exactly what we're looking for, give them a little bit of breast health um, education, mm -hmm. and then show them, you know, comparison, their report to other, other reports so that they really have an idea of like, okay, I should do something and follow up because we can't make people follow-up you know we just got to give them as much education as possible and say you know you need to come back i you know you need to see if this moves in shape or size you know so what's the next step if you do see um an irregular uh lump that uh, you know that you think could be very likely be cancer what is the next step someone takes well we suggest an mri and we work with open systems mri down here in santa Ana, and they do a really great job of following our SureTouch and breast thermography uh, reports and analyzing those specific areas where we found something. So an MRI, nothing but a biopsy can tell you if you have cancer, but if you wanted the next step, if I thought the tissue looked cystic, I would send it for an ultrasound. And if I thought it looked uh, irregular and hard and not cystic, and I wasn't sure, then I would send it for an MRI. And that's covered by insurance to the place. Right. Okay. And so uh, can this uh, technology be used uh, anywhere in the body to, de to, de to detect uh, tumors and abnormalities? Well, right now, tactile sensing is just being used uh, for breast tissue. Okay. Okay. That's all it's approved for right now? That's all it's approved for. That's correct. Okay. And um, so why do you think this is not being used more frequently for testing? Um, well, I think, first of all, nobody knows about it. So, you know, spreading the word on a new medical device is tough. We've been, I've been doing this for two years, and we are now actually getting calls coming into us. Doctors saying, I heard about this equipment. I want it in my, my location. Um, 
it's, it's just, you know, I'm not on a billboard yet yeah. on the 405 freeway, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> Getting ready to put a commercial out on PBS, uh, for, you know, on cable. And so it's just, it's just timing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, and I think another reason potentially is uh, I'm sure that hospitals and physicians that have invested hundreds of thousands of dollars and the mammography equipment are going to be very resistant or try to discredit um, other techno these simple technologies. Um, these hospitals have so much money invested. They make so much money uh, from them. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about that issue? Yeah, it's a um, $300 billion business, I mean, in the U.S. So there's a lot of money wrapped up in mammography. Um, radiology, reporting, uh, the imaging centers. But recently, mammography has been getting bad, bad rap. I mean, there's lots of studies. The Canadian study that came out of Swedish studies all over proving that we're really not extending a woman's life. It was 40,000 women getting breast cancer 10 years ago each year in the U.S. It's still 40,000 women getting breast cancer each year. I mean, we're not improving anything. We're not... And, and life, you know, expanding their life or extending their life, that's only a five-year number. So most people who get breast cancer and follow the standard medical care, which was chemotherapy, radiation, or, you know, surgery, you know, they get cancer somewhere else later on. Yeah. I mean, it's metastasis rates are really high. So we got to catch this thing when it's really small, when we can change our lifestyle and have it go away. And I've seen it myself. We've found lesions very small. The person has said, okay, I'm going to go on a well-oxygenated alkaline trail and come back in six months and it's gone. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And early detection is the key. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And so what about uh, the number of years? Um, I, I've read that uh, for early detection. I've read that thermography can detect uh, breast cancer eight to 10 years prior to mammography. Is that true? I've heard that too. Now, I think what they're referring to is they can see those, that hot spot or those blood vessels. But knowing that the blood vessels are there because there's a tumor growing, that's the question. Like, uh, it could be there for lots of different reasons. It's usually hormonal. Yeah. So how do they know the difference between one that's growing with a tumor and one that's not? Well, at least gives you the opportunity to investigate further. Yes, right. And at exactly. least gives you the opportunity, whereas a mammogram, you just get a clean bill of health. Right, you just get it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Sent home. Um, so... Um, Let's see. So we've answered some of these questions. So, so where can someone, um, so I don't know, what do you think is the most pressing health issue in the world today? Oh my gosh. I'm going to say sugar. <laughs> I'm going to say we are really in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know how, you know, I hate someone this morning at an event I went to for breakfast said, oh, look, I made these little chocolates, you know, they were like cakes of some kind. And she was, I said, oh my gosh, no, I don't eat sugar. I can't have it. And I felt bad because it was her business, you know, making little chocolate cakes. But I think sugar is, we're, I, I try so hard in this household here, you know, not to have any kind of sugar, no soda, no, you know, no packaged foods, no, uh, but it's tough. And we're addicted. We're addicted, you know. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And so how does sugar, uh, you know, indirectly cause cancer? Well, it doesn't cause it, it feeds it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's where these cancer cells are growing. That's their, that's their food, which is sugar. And there's so many ways for them to hide sugar from us, you know, into our food. We don't, we, we see these words on the side of a box and we go, you know, what is that? And Dextrose like, and oh, glucose. and has, has 50 different names. 50 different names, right. And, not, and we're also uneducated about it. We just, people just don't know. So as far as your education program you give your clients, uh, what does that entail? Is it diet and lifestyle? And uh, is there any kind of education program as, in regards to, to that? Well, we just, um, I, we opened a foundation about uh, in 2008 called the Pre-Mammogram Foundation. And we're just now starting to use that for education purposes. We think we really got to push education. I mean, we can give away some free breast exams, but what's really important is putting together material and making women understand, you know, what's going on and how this is happening. Everybody hears one out of eight, but they, how can that be? You look at a room with 10 people, is it going to be me, right? And um, they they just need to be, it doesn't have to be that way. Breast cancer can be cured. So we're working on some education. The little bit of education I get with each patient is only 10 minutes. The best I can do is take their pH, their iodine level, their, their, their uh, blood pressure, uh, you know, a couple of little zinc tests, some little quick tests, and that's all I have. But I think when I do that, I give them the chance to think, wow, you know, she cares about me. She's trying to find out, you know, like how my iron levels are. What's my pH? You know, like people don't know. Some people don't even know their blood pressure. Yeah. So, you know, it's just little by little. But, you know, hopefully through the foundation, I'll be able to really, really put some good education programs together. And so what do you think about the the walk for breast cancer, Revlon's walk for breast cancer, and where that money actually goes? Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't walk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't walk. But I wanted to put a booth at the Revlon event. I did to do free breast exams. I said, look, just let me come in there, put up my booth, and just do free breast. It would just give, just enlighten people. And they turned me down. Wow. Hmm. So, another reason why I don't walk. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where their intentions are. Yeah, I've heard that uh, all the money that goes to that, it actually goes to the pharmaceutical companies mm-hmm. to do research for drugs um, to treat breast cancer. And I, I think it's it's all about prevention. All right. About uh, we support Stand Up for the Cure. Mm-hmm. And Stand Up for the Cure is a local um, foundation that does collect money and give it to the Susan Coleman Foundation to give women breast um, exams. Okay. And I know for a fact that that organization does support women because the women that I find with it, you know, with a questionable lesion, I send them to stand up for the cure and they do fund and take care of their um, health care to continue the service. So I back them up because I know for a fact that they are taking care of the women that I find. Yeah. So I know they're taking care of women. And, and it's not a big organization. You know, if they can raise $125,000 a year, you know, down in Newport Beach, where that's, you know, that'll give a lot of women some, it, it's not going to take care of everyone, but, it, you know, it does help people. Yeah. And, and I'm not against, uh, you know, funding, I'm not against uh, finding uh, drugs for breast cancer because mm-hmm. women develop breast cancer, you know, something has to be done about that. But, I don't think the pharmaceutical companies need help raising funds to do research. <laughs> no, that's my that's my personal opinion. 
but no, <laughs> so, I totally agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I think that money should go to prevention, education, and things of that nature. Um, so, so Janice, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and where the listeners can find you? Well, we, my office uh, is in Fountain Valley, and it's called OC Breast Wellness. You can find us at you know, ocbreastwellness.com. Uh, all the information I've said today is also on the website. You can schedule appointments on the website and actually get a discount. Uh, our telephone number, if you need it, is 714-363-5595. And we are available for you whenever you need us. We even do we even do breast parties. I have oh. to say, how about if I bring my girlfriends over and would you send your nurse to my house? <laughs> Just about anything. So those are kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, a lot healthier than Botox parties. A lot, a lot healthier than Botox. And a lot of people just can't get out during the day. They go, you know, I work from 9 to 5. And, you know, on, a, on Saturdays, I have a million things to do. So when somebody says, let's have a breast party at my house one night, it's a lot easier to go and just get your exam done and have a glass of wine. And- I love it. I'm going to have a breast party. That's my next party. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can go into the uh, breast party planning business. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing how many people really do like it. You know, you get six girlfriends and, you know, it's in a couple of hours you're done and you didn't have to go to an imaging center or be, or you weren't nervous and you didn't have to worry about, oh my gosh, you know, like, is it going to be me? Is it going to be me? Because you don't even think about it when you're in that environment. Yeah. And the wine helps as well. <laughs> yeah, the wine helps. <laughs> it's nice having a portable equipment, you know, that I can take anywhere. Yes. Yes. Well, Janice, thank you so much for being on the show. That was so good. That's so informative that I know it's going to help a lot of women and get them rethinking their breast exams. Oh, thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Don't go anywhere just yet. And okay. listeners, if you want to learn all about detoxification and my version of paleo, paleo the modern paleo diet, and my uh, healing program, Mineral Power, just go to live2110.com and give that a little looky-loo. And uh, if you like what you heard on the show today, please give the Live to 110 podcast a review in iTunes. I would appreciate so much taking two minutes of your time to do that. And thank you so much for listening to the Live to 110 podcast. <laughs>